Welcome to Verdant North, the mini-sodes. We try to answer a question and address a topic at your request. With us today is Dan Hudson, the man who will try to win your heart with a radish ring, and your host, Caroline, the alternative lawn, Hallstrom, <laughs> the diet Dr. Pepper of the plant world. Caroline, how's it going? It's going great, Randy. How are you? I'm doing pretty great. You know, just got back from camping Memorial Day weekend. Wonderful. Excellent. And you guys Solid. are house hunting too, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, we've been trying to shoot them, but we are missing completely. Ha ha. Dad <laughs> jokes. They go quick. <laughs> Super fast. Hi, Dan. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. You want to do a mini sode today? Yeah, I am stoked. Stoked. About plants right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, what we're going to do is we're going to start with so some easy stuff. We'll do some question and answer stuff, and then we'll go into some bigger topics. Let's so, Randy, hit us with the Q&A section, please. All right. Uh, from Alexis, what's your go-to treatment for gnats? Gnats. Do you ever get gnats, Dan? All the time. Oh, he gets natsy. These little oh, wait, gets that sounds really bad. <laughs> Never mind. Nasty. <laughs> Nasty. I don't remember if we say yeah. the word bastard on our podcast. Oh, I think that's a, that's a pretty clear all right. Beep. Those gnats are such little bastards. <laughs> they're so annoying because I think they're attracted to humidity as well. So if you're in their room, they'll like fly right into your face. It's so irritating. I can't scientifically confirm that that's what they do, but Dan does like to suck <laughs> up gnats. I've done that in the past. That's true. He just goes over and... I, I may have been inebriated or just enraged. <laughs> just I don't remember, it. but I've definitely eaten a couple gnats. It's like, you're in my house. And now you're in my belly. Sick, bruh. You're the. <laughs> you're a big mean giant to them. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm an ogre, a vacuum ogre. Okay. <laughs> so fungus gnats. Yeah. Fungus gnats. I get these as well, and they usually don't bother me until my husband tells me, "Hey, there's like bugs flying around my head. You gotta do something about these gnats." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, okay." Um, so fungus gnats, what are they? Yeah. What do they do? Where do they live? Do you know any of these questions, uh, Dan? Let me, um, uh, I think that I do. <laughs> I just, I'm starting to doubt myself suddenly. <laughs> uh, I know that they live in the top like inch or so of soil. I know. Yep. Yep. Um, they like to eat like rotting roots. Yeah. So if you are potentially overwatering a little bit, or if you're keeping the soil moist, maybe longer than it needs to be, mm -hmm. you're definitely going to, you're going to, you're going to keep them happy at least if they're there. Um, I concur. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how, where they come from though. Oh, well, when a gnat man loves a gnat woman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know they can come. Touché. They can come in on on potting soil. Like I've had fungus okay. gnats come in on Miracle Grow potting soil before. Mm. Um, and so when I get gnats, what I typically do is I'll cut back on watering and let yep. it dry out in between mm -hmm. watering sessions. I might scoop out that first inch of dirt. Um, yeah. But gnats Try can to grab the eggs or something. Yeah, yeah. if you if you can. Yeah. Um, but they can also, gnats will also crawl down where the soil gaps between the, the edge of the pot. So they'll, yeah. they'll crawl down in that cave too to get to the moisture. Hmm. Um, they, they'll eat decomposing things, yeah. um, but they, the grubs, the little baby grubs can damage living root tissue. 
Ah, okay. So that's when they're destructive. Other than that, they're basically harmless and they're just, you know, really food for other things in the food chain. Ah, yeah. Like that's why you never notice them outside because they are eaten. <laughs> but inside, I don't have a Dan to eat my fungus <laughs> uh, <yeah>. nest. <laughs> so we'll, I'll cut back on watering. Down there. I might scoop some of the soil out. If it's really nasty, you can repot it. If you, if you want to, it depends on how big it is. Some people yeah. have huge plants that they can't just repot. Like, so I would, in, in that case, if you've got like a big plant, this yeah. is what I've done. So I've got a couple of bigger plants and like really big pots, mm-hmm. kind of put them into these giant pots that are way too big. I'm realizing now, but they're in there now. So that's where <laughs> they're going to stay. Um, and I got this product, I think it's called Nat Nix. Okay. And it's like recycled glass and and it makes like what appears to be and feels like tiny pumice stone stuff and it's white. So you can kind of get a bag of this stuff and you sort of sprinkle it over the top and you make like an inch or so deep and the gnats don't crawl through it. Interesting. Yeah. So it can kind of keep them out of there or keep them from coming out Mm -hmm. or, you know, just in general, like kind of mess with them. Um, and it also looks really nice. It looks like your plant is in like a, a magazine or something. Whoa. It's got like this nice, like, this white. is some GQ <laughs> yeah. quality planting right here. This is some Cosmo level <laughs> niceness. Uh, the other thing I do is, uh, bottom watering. Oh yeah. Just put them in a yeah, tray yeah. or if they're already in a tray, just like water from the bottom. Let the, let the pot like soak up. A little bit, then pour mm-hmm. in some more, let it soak up some more, pour in some more. And then that way you're not watering from the top and you're not keeping that top level A fungus nattery. Yep. yep. Viable. That's a good call. I have also used the yellow sticky traps. Oh, like, for sure. It's cheap to buy a pretty big pack of those online mm-hmm. anywhere. Yeah. Um, and I'll take off just... Some of them come sticky on two sides. I might take off the sticky on just one side of several and kind of make a cone around oh, okay. a plant. Yeah. Oops, sorry, I whacked the microphone. Um, <laughs> I thought that we just got sucked into a black hole. We did. I made a crazy <laughs> sound. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I talk with my hands, which is terrible for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but those sticky traps work really well. Um, yeah. What's not going to help you is anything that you do for fruit flies. So like apple cider yeah, vinegar in any vessel yeah. or a wine bottle or soapy water. You Banana know, tra- traps. Yeah. Nope. You're just going to attract fruit flies. You're not going to attract the fungus yeah. gnats because it's a different bug. Totally separate. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I feel pretty thorough about that topic. Do we have another Q&A topic or Q&A question, Mr. Randy? Yes. Uh, Alexis also asks, what's your favorite low light plant? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, indoors or outdoors. I'll do outdoors if you do indoors. I'll do indoors. I, ha- I have a couple a couple favorites. Sansevieria is always just like a go-to. I think everyone loves Sansevieria. I do love Sansevieria. It's awesome. It doesn't... I mean, it's not that fast growing of a plant, correct? But you can just put it in a corner, and it just sits there. Yeah, it doesn't die right away. Even if it dries out, it just hangs out. Yeah, you know? agreed. It's one of the chillest plants, um, and it's a great starter plant, great low light plant. Another one of my favorite low light plants is peace lily. The peace lily. Yeah. After you complained last season I about did. your peace lily. 
I, I it's funny. I I was just trying to say the word. I was trying to come up with the word peacefully just now, and I kept getting Ophelia because that's <laughs> the name of the that's that's what we named her. You named your peace lily Ophelia. Oh yeah, we name all our plants. But <laughs> I don't even name my fish. <laughs> oh, right. No, yeah, the, <laughs> the peace lily's name is Ophelia because it's such a drama queen. <laughs> Like when it when it gets a little bit dry, it just like totally droops and it like freaks you out. Like it's you know like it's about to jump off a bridge or something. But then <laughs> you give it some water and it just perks right back up. Yeah, but it looks good when it's when you when it's not like drooping and wilting or whatever. When it's actually like you know how it's supposed to be. Okay, they look good. They look good. Like they're a nice full plant. I think they they offer a lot to indoor. Okay, indoor garden. All right. So those those are two good low light plants for me if I'm doing outside. Well, an indoor outdoor low light one that I've always talked up is coleus because you can get so many crazy color leaves. But I did just buy a new fancy red Rex begonia. Oh yeah. Which I think you can also keep those as an indoor house plant. I think um, you're right. I'm uh, I'm going to use it outside for my patio and then see if I can't make some cuttings or bring mm. the whole thing in for the winter time. But that's the new one I'm pretty excited about. I always really like coleus, but my <laughs> in the ground favorite is, I, you know, I really love Dicentra. I really like the Dicentra family with bleeding hearts and Dutchman's breeches, which look like <laughs> fancy little pantaloons. <laughs> <laughs> The Dutchman's breeches. We're really bad at picking just one favorite, aren't we? Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. Well, hey, that's like five plants at least. Yeah, that's a good selection. Food for that. I'm not going to stop and count really quick because I feel solid about my ferns. Estimate. Oh, I can't believe I didn't say ferns. The topic is over. We can't go back. All right, all right. <laughs> Fern. No. Yeah, you have to throw them out of your house and out of your garden now. <laughs> Well, ferns are pretty rad, too. Let's be fair. Ferns are rad, especially, like, if you've got a north side of the house or something that, like, where nothing wants to grow there. Oh, yeah. Just throw some throw some ferns in there, call it a day. I want to get some of those ferns that have the red stem. Oh, yeah. With green leaves. I cannot remember the name at the moment. Uh, there's... The old a... red greens, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only one I'm thinking of is the painted... It's like the Japanese painted fern. Mm, maybe it's a variety of painted fern. Because the, there's like the ghost one, fern. Yep. Yep. That's a variety. Ah, now we're off topic. We're so off topic. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So we, we got some Q&A stuff. Dan and I also looked at a list of requested <laughs> topics. And... Um, we, we picked just a couple. Um, so the one that I'm going to do, um, Norsi requested the topic of adding color to shady areas. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Yeah, but it almost ties in with the shady plant talk like we were just having. So it certainly does. So it's a good it's a good transition. It's a good segue. Yeah. Randy, is it a good segue? Great segue. Thanks, Randy. <laughs> You're an excellent yes man. <laughs> okay, well, Norsi, have I got some ideas for you. Um, I think that adding color to shady areas has a lot to do with uh, playing up the strengths of pale-colored plants mm-hmm. 
and also adding some annuals. I think okay. hitting both of those, yeah. you'll be pretty happy. So some perennials for shady colors. There are some hostas like stained glass that has a bright lime green center and kind of darker blue margins. And it's pretty big leaves too. But when you add that bright lime green to a shady area, it, it mm-hmm. really brightens up the place. So any lime idea. green, you know, maybe they'll be called golden, but they really yeah. mean lime green. Yep. Um, but adding some yellows and, and lighter greens to an area are a great idea. Um, you could consider some of the hostas that have the white margins to them or the white on the inside only because yeah. they light up when it's dark out. Oh, that's clever. Yeah. So when you go outside at dusk, a lot of green plants just kind of muddle together. Yeah. Um, whereas when you have those really bright white margins, you, you can see each leaf distinctly still. It's kind of it's kind of hmm. like a it's like an outline. You know what I mean? It's like a plant. Permanent sure. marker outline it sticks out quite a bit, but. Nobody likes hostas except me, apparently. <laughs> so forget everything I just said, and let's talk about heucheras. Yeah. They're also known as coral bells, but those are supposed to do pretty good in shady conditions. Yeah. I have some in my soil that I keep killing. They're purple, but I think it's because I don't have good enough drainage. So that's my next thing is I'll improve my drainage and see if I can't get my purple plum heucheras to go. But uh Heucheras and coral bells also come in orange, pink, red, yeah. green. Like they're coming in all sorts of crazy colors right now. I feel like I always see them in like reddish, brownish kind of colors. Yeah. Like purplish and orangish. Like those are really like warm colors. Yeah. I got one that was purple with pink spots on the leaves. Oh, cool. Love it. I just can't make it thrive yet personally. <laughs> Gotta work on that. Um, we were talking about ferns and there are silvery painted ferns which are mm-hmm. like ghost ferns yep. and then there's um there's a, a rusty colored fern that kind of always has an orange look to it oh what yeah i think tell it's, me more it's one of the varieties of painted ferns oh, okay yeah um but you can also get some bleeding hearts in there some astal bees they bloom at a slightly different time than bleeding hearts and it's an upright poof of a flower instead of like those iconic bleeding hearts um columbines i was just gonna say what about columbine columbines they come in all kinds of colors i do too i think the red wild ones are my favorite if you don't know what red wild columbine looks like that's an easy google like it looks like a bunch of witches are putting their heads together and like stirring a cauldron. Exactly what That's... nobody else thinks, Dan. <laughs> Dan's also wearing a Puritan outfit right now. He looks like a pilgrim. <laughs> Dan is a pilgrim. Um, if only. I learned about a couple of new plants that I'm trying to use this year for shady stuff as well. So one of them is Lamium. Oh, yeah. Uh, otherwise known as dead nettle. And you can get a variety that has yellow, little tiny yellow flowers. And you can get varieties that have, it's not quite variegated, um, but it is like a lighter colored leaf with a darker margin. Is it variegated if it's on purpose all the time, or is it just variegated if it's like... I think if it's got modeling in the leaves, that's variegated. Then it's got to be variegated. Yeah. 
I, I couldn't remember if variegation was solely like a genetic defect. Like something that we've put into it. Versus, no, Dan, don't even. <laughs> um, no, versus like, this is, a nat- this is a pattern we look for in this type. Mm. I'll have to get back to you on that. Yeah. I'm the worst today. Um, but Lamium dead nettle <laughs> is awesome. And that one's kind of a ground cover, but it'll bloom okay. in this bright purple color. Um, and there's some shades of pink and white you can get as well. Oh, nice. But it looks like bees really, really love it. And the other one that I haven't had the chance to play with yet, but I want to, is called Turtlehead. <laughs> oh, is that Kiloni or something like that? Yeah, Kiloni Glabra. Oh, yeah. Glabra Cadabra. That's one of those associations that's like in my head, but like I don't even know, remember what the plant looks like. Well, I, I just heard that name so The long flowers ago. look kind of like little turtle heads coming out of a shell, but they're all pink. And they're they're a taller thing as okay. well. They're like a couple feet tall instead of like really low. Like Lamium is only like ground covery eight stuff. to 12 inches and yeah. um, turtle head is taller, comes okay. up more. So a little bit more stately, I suppose. Um, annuals that I would suggest are the coleus, like we were talking about earlier. Caladmium come in reds, pinks, and whites, and those have some really stunning colors. The red ones of those are showstoppers. Yep. The wow. red ones. <laughs> They're intense. These grow in the shade? Yeah. They're little bulbs that you can buy in the spring, or you can buy them as little starter plants. And they're going to be in like the shade section of your your local greenhouse. Wow. How do I not know about these? Well, I'm learning all kinds of things. All kinds of things. Well, <laughs> everyone's got access to begonias. Yeah. And begonias yeah. bloom all summer. So that's kind of nice. Um, have you ever heard of fuchsias? Oh, I love fuchsias. Oh, God, I know they have the coolest. They're so cool. They're so beautiful. I love the bright purple hot pink combo. Yeah. My favorite's the white sepals and like the purple petals. Oh, yeah? Like the deep purple petals. Yeah. Those ones are really pretty. I dig those a lot. Um, There's like pansies and violas are always right away at the beginning of the year. But the nice thing about having those grow in your shady spots is they're edible. And I believe this Norsey character (laughs) totally asked us about edible landscaping stuff before. So that's just like a bonus side note. The last one um, is that's becoming a lot more common is Torina. Don't you, sorry to interrupt. Don't you feel weird eating flowers, though? No. I'm always like, I always think of that quote in Fight Club where he's like, I wanted to destroy something beautiful. <laughs> Just like chowing down on a flower. <laughs> There's something weird about that act. Well, how, the act of eating a flower. It's probably less like violent to act. To eat a flower than it is to eat meat. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. I'm just used. I'm just used to the other, the normal things that we eat. This coming from the guy whose favorite teacher would shred flowers in front of you and show you how you can rip them up and look at their sex organs, and yeah, he's worried about yeah, eating sure. a flower and it might make him feel like a monster. <laughs> <laughs> It's just a somewhat ogreish act, kind of like sucking up uh, fungus gnats, you know. <laughs> so I guess it kind of. I maybe I should eat more flowers. Maybe you should eat more fungus gnats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, Dan, you had a couple of topics you picked off the list, too. Tell me about yeah, the two, talk about, two topics you grabbed. Well, I wanted to talk about lawn alternatives. Whoa. So someone was like, you know what? I have all this grass, and I'm not into it. I don't want the grass. Get rid of it. Dig it up. <laughs> Throw it out. I don't want to mow it. <laughs> I never want to mow grass. I think it's one of the silliest things that we do is like to mow a lawn. Wow. I always feel ridiculous when I have to mow a lawn. When was the last time you had to mow a lawn? Uh, a while ago. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, where you currently live, your backyard is mowed by services, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you could call it being mowed. It's more like they walk the mower around the yard. There's no grass that grows there. <laughs> it's so shady. It's so shady. We have like a mud pile and we have like a moss patch. <laughs> <laughs> That's the yard. <laughs> but they still come by with those mowers every week. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So Amanda requested getting rid of turf grass and replacing with something low maintenance, so an alternative yeah. lawn. So you have just gone through a project like this. I did. You you tore up all that turf. I did. What did you do with it? Did you like? Did you have a truck? Well, come by and you like filled it up or something, or what did you do? So when you're trying to get rid of lawn, you have a couple of choices. You can just chemically treat just your like whole lawn it. to kill it. Yeah. And till it under. And then like re- oh, so you, so you That's would not what kill I did. the grass and then like till it. Yeah. And then reseed on top. Well, she, this, I don't know if this person wants grass again. They want something low maintenance. Oh. But just even just getting rid of turf. First of all, it's heavy. It is really yeah. heavy. You can rent a little sod kicker pretty cheap for like, you know, 20 bucks mm-hmm. and then do a lot of manual labor and pick up a lot of really heavy turf. <laughs> And then you you can't throw it in your you're not supposed to throw it in your um, yard waste bags. You can throw it in your compost, but then you're just mine full is of dirt and grass, dirt and grass and yeah. weed seeds. So what I did is after I put in two small strips of okay. I used the sod kicker. We removed like two 12 foot strips, 12 foot long, probably two. Uh, sod kickers wide (laughs) which is like a foot and a half or so okay um so it's like probably two to three feet wide it's closer to two i think um we did that much and threw the sod in the backyard and it made kind of a mess and a hill in the backyard and it was a lot of work so when i went to remove the whole front yard well half of the front yard it split down the middle with a walkway I paid somebody to do it because disposing of that much sod, I was doing like a 20 foot wide by like 30 foot long. That's a ton of dirt. It's so much. And I had, it was crappy. It was full of weeds. It was lumpy. It was compacted. There's no good reason for me to try and save any of this. And also I didn't want to break my back. So I ponied (laughs) up about 300 bucks to have yeah. my yard scraped so that I would have this blank canvas to work from. And I am trying to do, it's not necessarily a low maintenance alternative, but it is a pollinator friendly alternative that's based on a garden uh, playground in, um, 
I think it must be near Liverpool or something like that in the UK, but it's a blooming garden at Avondale Park and it is a mix of lots of different kinds of trifolium, which is the fancy name for clovers. Um, and they did have some creeping Charlie in it. And I'm like, Oh, (laughs) I came with my own, although scraping it, pulled it out. Um, and so I'm mixing things like ajugas and creeping Veronica's and Mm. trying to get uh, a nice alternative lawn going that looks kind of patchwork and has blooms of different colors all the time. I should be able to mow it maybe twice a year once the ajuga starts looking a little bit ratty, Hmm. but I've got flowers all over the place now. I've got like two or three of my botanical tulips to bloom. I was so excited and I got like three to bloom. I know I planted like 50, so I'm like a little miffed, but Hey, you know, I get to see I get to see what it looks like this year after having a whole year to establish. So that's yeah. pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's pretty cool. I mean, I I think that's one thing that people can do is put in basically like get rid of the lawn and make it a garden. Yeah. Which is basically what you've done. Um another thing that I think is cool is creeping time. Oh, yeah. I tried to start some from seed. It was really hard. Yeah. (laughs) I think this is one of those things that, like, if you can pull it off, it's super cool, but it might be kind of tricky to pull it off. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because also, like, it's not that fast growing of a plant. Yeah. So, like, you're kind of going to need a lot of it. It takes a lot of time. Yeah, it takes some time. Uh, I was reading about it, though, and, like, there's also, like, a woolly variety. There's, like, a woolly creeping time. So it's, like, soft on your feet. Ooh. So it doesn't like witty and like hard. I thought that'd be kind of interesting. A woolly time. Um, wild and woolly. <laughs> wild and woolly. Um, the other, uh, the other like obvious choices that I would say are clover. Oh yeah. Like for one clover, and there's something called like micro clover. I guess now that they're like developing. Oh, Some I've like used micro clover. Yeah. yeah, I've used micro clover to like patch dog damage to a lawn <laughs> because. Okay. Dog pee kills the lawn, yeah. but it doesn't kill the clover. Uh-huh. And micro clover just grows really low to the ground. So it yep. kind of like fills in with things. Plus, then it'll bloom white and your little bumblebees will be happy. There you go. <laughs> as long as you don't step on them while you're walking through your Eesh. yard. Eesh. Now that I put that idea in everyone's mind, uh, fescues, fescues are another one. I love fescues. I mean, it's like, imagine your grass how it is now, except the blades are not, like, sharp. Hmm. You know, they're not, like, stiff, sharp, like Kentucky bluegrass okay. blades. They're kind of, like, softery. Softery. You know, softery-ish. <laughs> um... You don't, I think you need to mow it maybe like once, maybe twice a year. That's it. Oh, nice. These fescues. Yeah. And you can usually get like a mix. So it'll be like a mix of different types of fescues. So it isn't just like one big thing. But yeah, you should be able to find that at like a garden store, like a seed mix of fescues. Yeah. You have more options at garden centers than you do at big box stores for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And also feel... Uh, free to leverage your online superpowers because you can order that stuff direct from like specialty mm-hmm. grass seed places yeah. now too. Yeah, it's crazy. You can buy all kinds of stuff just looking for it online. You know, 
And it, it seems stupid, but like if you're looking for plants, you feel like, oh, I have to go to the plant shop because they're not going to ship it. Oh, they'll ship it. Oh, they will. Like you can buy whatever you want. They'll <laughs> ship it. <laughs> um, so another thing I was going to recommend is moss. Dun, da, da, dun, as requested by Justin Moss Lawns. This one's for you, Justin. <laughs> this one's for you, kid. <laughs> so the moss kind of needs to be in the shade oh. and it needs to be wet. Mm-hmm. Um, those are kind of the uh, preconditions for the moss. <laughs> you can get like moss plugs. Really? Yeah, and kind of just like pop them into the ground. Are you going to do it for your backyard? Uh, I already have a good chunk of moss. So I think what I'm going to do is like try to spread it. Uh. And then, because it's like, who doesn't want moss? To be honest, like moss is who so doesn't? comfortable to walk on. The an- it's like an outdoor carpet. There are some people who want a perfect lawn of just grass. And if they get moss in their lawn, they get upset. And I'm like, no, because your grass can't grow in that squishy area. Let let the moss roll. Yeah. So the cool thing about moss, it doesn't matter if the soil is like compacted. Nice. It'll just grow, you know, just fine. Okay. Um, I did see that it needs... To have some amount of acidity in the soil, uh-huh. or at least prefers to grow in a somewhat acidic soil. Um, it is recommended that you would get a local variety, whatever's like native to your area. Okay. Try to get that moss, because if you get some moss from somewhere else, it might be, you know, you're going to kind of be fighting your climate. Oh, you don't want to, you don't want to. Just because no. it's easy to get a hold of doesn't mean it's the doesn't moss mean for it's you. The right one. Yeah. You must keep looking. <laughs> Seek out the correct moss. <laughs> this is not the moss <laughs> you came for. <laughs> um, but if you can get that uh, rolling, it's a it's a brilliant alternative. And especially another thing you that that you can do if you've got like high traffic areas, like yeah. if you always are going to go through your backyard or your kids always going to run from you know the driveway to the front door or something mm-hmm. and there's nothing you can do about it you can put like some stepping stones or like cobblestones or something there you go so people can walk on that because the moss can tra- it can handle some foot traffic but not a lot oh uh, okay um a little bit and a pro tip to see to make sure that your moss isn't drying out because it needs a lot of it needs to stay wet okay. if you're in a hot dry area is another thing uh you can need to water it a lot Okay, that makes um, sense. <laughs> yeah, so like daily, like watering of the moss. Okay, um, but somewhere here, I think in Minnesota, if you, we'd probably be fine. Because even in the like here, when it's super hot out, mm-hmm. it's also super humid. That's true. If you've got a, a dry heat, mm-hmm. I think that's where you're gonna have the most trouble with it. Um, but you can watch the edges of your moss because those are going to be the ones that dry out first. Uh-huh. So if you're like, I don't know, is it is it thirsty? Like, if it's going to dry up, it'll be drying on the edges first. Okay. So. So you just grab it on the edge and see if it's crunchy or like. Give it a tussle. <laughs> Give it no, a tussle. I, th- I think you'll see it burning. I think you'll see it like yellowing and drying out. And yeah, but I think for sure if you poke it. Give it a pork. Give it a give it a little pork. Uh, you'll you'll <laughs> feel like oh it's dry. Or, I, I've you know. seen a product that is um, it's for establishing moss in an area. It's like a yeah. moss milkshake. What? Yeah. So it <laughs> not came, a shamrock shake. It came well. It, you're not gonna get 
necessarily your local variety of moss, which is the downside. But the upside is that it's in a kit and you can just buy it. (laughs) But it was, it was like, it looked like a milk jug and it was like a moss jug and it had, I don't know if it was just spores and you were supposed to mix it with like buttermilk or something like that, which is a little bit acidic. So that kind of follows up on your acid game. Yeah. And it had some other nutrient or something like that, but you like blended it up and then you could like spray coat something with it and it would grow moss at that that is super cool so you could so you could spray paint this on like a statue and make like a chia pet yeah they were like making cool words on shady sides of buildings and i was like i wonder if that's bad for my stucco or not that is the coolest thing I've heard I of today. I should try it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome. But if it's up on the wall, it's not always wet, then it's probably going to dry out. Unless you put like a drip line kind of a thing along the nah, too much work. roof. <laughs> <laughs> you could poke some holes in your gutter. No. And then just let it like drip down. No, the... that's asking for water in my basement right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. But... Maybe that's what you can do is do a little research and grab the moss from your backyard and throw it in yeah. a blender with some like chop it up buttermilk or whatever. Make yourself a, a moss shake. Paint it on the and, siding of my house. Well, maybe just in the lawn where my you car. would like more moss. You could have a moss car. Yeah. Paint it on my car. You have to like park under something drippy all the time, though. Yeah, that's true. That's probably not good. That's probably not good for cars. We know a lot less about cars than we know about plants, turns out. <laughs> um, so don't take car advice from us. But plant paint, advice. Paint, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> plant advice is usually a solid B plus, I'm telling you. Anyhow, friends, that is... That was a spam call on my phone. <laughs> Hooray! And I told you at the beginning, turn those off. <laughs> and I disobeyed. Sorry, everyone. On that disappointing note, womp womp. I'm leaving, Dan. Goodbye, Randy. Roll the credits. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Verdant North. Find us online at advertentnorth.net. Find us on Twitter at advertentnorth. And like us on Facebook by searching Verdant North. You can email us at verdantnorthteam at gmail.com. Listen to Vernon North on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and Spotify. All the places. Everywhere. Please like, rate, comment, and share the podcast, please. We don't pay for advertising, and we don't have any networks backing us. So sharing our show with your friends and family is the only way we get heard. Please help us out. If you would also like to contribute more to Vernon North, you can always donate to us at ko-fi.com backslash Vernon North. That is K-O-F-I dot com backslash bird north you know what and if you donate to us you know you want to send out a message to a loved one who also listens to the show we'll read it out there you know <laughs> absolutely give out some plugs you know yeah, we we're here for you um <laughs> contact caroline with any questions through bird through adverted north on twitter uh you can chat with dan hudson about his creeping time as he likes to call it on twitter and adverted man <laughs> and you can find me on twitter at marlin underscore rando uh, special thanks to Bree Edisted and Dewey Boo for their graphic design and work for making us look good. And thank you to Corey Hartun for our being our webmaster, Happy making birthday, sure on the web. Corey. <laughs> you're gonna be. You're right like 80 now or something like that. Yeah. Um, 
an extra special thanks to Minneapolis band Prozac Rat and their Volcanus project that they let us use their tunes from. Uh, we appreciate it, and you can catch them on Bandcamp. Uh, thanks for listening, and always remember... It's okay, okay to kill, kill plants. plants. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy time.